0: This is Carl. This is Mark.
1: And this is Sarah.
0: And this is retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding the Show, where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we are taking a look back at Surf Ninjas to see if specifically my nostalgia is warranted. Uh, I chose this film because we've done a lot of good films as of late, and I particularly find it hard to write games for good films, so I wanted to go back. Uh, into my nostalgia for the trashiest film I can remember actually enjoying, and boy, howdy, I wait, found it. Wait,
2: wait, wait! We already did that one.
0: Uh, it well, was called Kung Fu Kangaroos, but <laughs> uh, it definitely wasn't. It was called Warriors of Virtue, thank you very much. And I don't remember that film. I remember having the toys for that. I remember actually enjoying watching this movie, but we will get into that in long form. I got to start us off with a sixty-second synopsis. I should be able to do this.
1: I, think you do it I don't often seconds. do this, but I
0: should be able to do this. Mark, do you have a timer ready? I do. All right, give me a countdown. If and I'll you were get Sarah, going. you
2: could definitely do it because she didn't even want to watch
0: the movie. <laughs> I could now. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Johnny and Adam are two surfing slackers caring more about good vibes than doing their homework. When their family restaurant is attacked by ninjas, they learn from a mysterious stranger, Zatch, that they are crowned princes of the land of Patusan, a land now ruled by General Chi, the man that killed their parents. Their adopted father, Mac, is captured, and the boys go on a journey with Zatch to save him, picking up some friends along the way, including a girl betrothed to Johnny and a cop charged with investigating the attack on their father. Along the way, they fulfill the prophecies of Johnny becoming a warrior and Adam becoming a seer. Uh, and using their surfing knowledge, they lead an attack on General Chi's compound, fighting with swords and sticks through an army armed with guns to defeat the general and regain the throne. In a shocking move, Johnny gives up his rule and frees his people, ending the movie with a sing-along. Done. Woo! 14 seconds to go. That may be my best time yet.
1: <laughs> That's because this movie had no plot.
2: <laughs> yes. He That's just told also why I chose it.
0: <laughs> uh, because, man, they really like to draw things out and really take their time when there's not a whole lot to do. I, anyway, let's I will start get this, into long form. I
1: will start this with one compliment.
0: All right. The, fighti-
1: th- the fight scenes are pretty good.
0: Uh, yes, that was a, a shining light for me. One of the things this film does and does well is they use impromptu weapons in the fight scenes. There's a scene where Zatch uses a skateboard in a fight, and it's not just like one hit with a skateboard, it is a complicated fight scene where he's using a skateboard as his main weapon, and that's fairly interesting given that, like, they choreographed this entire thing with this impromptu weapon that kind of fits the action vibe that they're going for. And
1: and it probably is partly to do Zatch and older boy... Johnny? (laughs) Johnny. Johnny was his name. Um, Who are father and son in real life.
0: Yeah. um,
1: Are both, like, professional martial artists and martial arts choreographers. Um, And so I assume they did most of the choreography on this movie and probably... Maybe brought in some of their own people for the stunt people and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. They're, if if you want some good fight scenes, you can pull out some clips from this movie and just... Those are pretty good. Those are pretty fun to watch. I'll give them that. I mean, they're pretty I, fun to watch. I, so for, like, it's interesting that you bring that up because I
2: specifically ones. remember them as not being very good. Because oh,
0: interesting, it
2: felt to me like maybe I had seen too many good martial arts movies. So I—that's like fair. you can definitely tell parts of it that are very choreographed and not I mean, just a fight and. There was at least one point where I could specifically tell that he was like two feet away from the guy when he swung his arm and the guy falls over. So. I will
1: say that they are very choreographed. It feels in some places yes. more like a dance than a fight. But I don't think that's necessarily bad in a kid's movie. Obviously, you don't want a very, very brutal choreographed fight in this movie. You don't want to look like... like In some of the, like, we'd say more adult serious ones... You have where, like, you learn later, no, they just actually just straight up punch each other in the face. Like, people were getting concussions, people were breaking, you don't necessarily want that in a kids movie. You want it to kind of be more fluid, more dancey, more kind of these people moving in time together it
0: is kind of over the top i think to get kids into it they included a lot of impromptu weapons there's a point where zatch uses chopsticks at one point which for a kid it's kind of fun this was a time period where martial arts and especially ninjas was in vogue and seeing them mix that with the kind of uh action sports stuff, like the skateboards, or these uh, household items, was kind of neat. So
1: ninjas were really big in, what, 60s? 80s? Well, more 70s. When would it have been, really?
0: like... Really? Not late 80s, early 90s? Well, well, no, I the first both. coming
1: of, like, oh, martial arts. Oh, the first
0: yeah. coming. Like, Jeez, like, more, like...
1: more like 60s, 70s? So
0: you mean, like, imported martial arts Yes, films. like, um... Yeah, okay, the yeah, really, yeah. really like Bruce
1: Lee. Bruce Lee, stuff like that. Well, that would have been, what, like, 70s? Sort of. So that would have been like the first coming. The 90s with like Power Rangers and stuff like that. You've got the second coming. When is going to be the third coming <laughs> of the karate movies? Well,
2: I mean, I we don't, had Jackie well, Chan for a while, too. But we did have I guess that Chan. was still '90s,
0: But
1: that was still so. kind of 90s. I mean, he's still around.
0: We'll see. I mean, we go through phases so quickly now. Yeah. Because uh, we, God, we had the uh, the vampire phase, which mixed with the werewolf phase. And then we were into the zombie phase.
1: There was angels for a while.
0: Oh, angels, sure. So, I mean, we'll, we'll wrap around back to karate and kung fu at some point, I'm sure. But it'll probably be mixed with some, like, neo-futurism. We'll get robot ninjas.
1: Ooh, I'll take some, <laughs> like, New Tokyo kung fu fighting. Right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Okay, so there's my compliment. I also have a half compliment. I will in there also
0: compliment. Uh, I didn't like him watching this time, though, as a kid, Rob Schneider, as, as a comic relief, was good, but he is specifically good for children. Yes.
1: Remember when I said that I had a compliment that I've never used before and I hated myself yeah. for it?
0: Was it Rob Schneider was pretty good in this film? I did Because I well, can't say that.
1: I got about halfway through and I was really hating everyone and every character. And at one point I said, why is Rob Schneider currently the best part of this movie? <laughs> Not that he was good. He was just actually having some punchlines that were landing and stuff right. like that. And I'm just like... Oh,
2: that was his a, whole point in this movie. Maybe that's his to be point of every line. movie. But, like,
1: he was actually having some decent delivery and stuff like that. And I'm like, right. this movie is making me like... Like, appreciate Rob Schneider at the moment, and I don't want to.
0: No, no, no. Rob Schneider is okay... As a comedic sidekick, he should never be the main lead in a film.
1: No. uh, His hair is really weird in this movie, too.
0: His hair is always really weird, Sarah. (laughs) Well, he
1: looks like... Well, I think the problem... And I looked it up later. He's like 30 in this movie, and they're trying to pass him off. Which is really funny when they keep being like, I'm 35. No, I looked it up. He's 30 trying to be a teenager. No No way.
0: way. Yes. Because he looks (laughs) like a teenager.
1: No, no. I thought he just looked like middle-aged Rob Schneider. Like, he looks in every other movie he's ever done in the rest of his life, except with weird bleached red hair. But he's, like, 30 years old.
0: I I believe this was young Rob Schneider. I thought so, I mean, too. it
1: is. It's just not well, that young. all right.
0: Uh, to Sarah's point, Rob Schneider was born in 1963. This film was released in 1993, mm-hmm. uh, which does put him around age 30.
1: Yes. And so when they're making the jokes later that like, I'm 37, it makes that joke even funnier to me. Cause I'm like, ah, you're closer to that age than to the 16.
0: The one that almost went on too long, but that I really, really enjoyed is the, the whole money can't buy knives gag. Just cause other people got into it. Uh, cause to explain it to our audience. They're going to Padasan, they get there, they're looking for some sort of treasure, and Rob Schneider thinks, oh, this must be riches and money. And Zatch explains, well, this is something better than money, and in fact, money couldn't buy. It is the ancient knives of our people. And Rob Schneider's like, oh right, I forgot, money can't buy knives. And there's a a long protracted scene where they just make fun of Zatch for a while, and I, I genuinely enjoyed that.
1: The the joke that I thought funny was the first that I thought was funny the first time, and by the end I wanted to stab people when they kept doing it. Was the Rob Schneider's character thinking he was the prince? (laughs) It was funny the first couple times because yeah, he's real dumb. Like and and the the one time when he's like when they're like you're not Asian and he's like the Robert uh, was it David Carradine one of the Carradines David David Carradine." Carradine I'm like there's a lot of Carradines I'm like which one which one's dead. Actually, a couple of them are probably dead by now.
0: Probably, I I <laughs> didn't know the character that he said,
1: David <laughs> or Carid... the guy,
0: the actor. David
1: Carradine did a lot of like fighting movie. Oh, he was he was Bill in Kill Bill, wasn't he?
0: Was he? He's also the okay. guy that
1: strangled himself to death in a sexual manner.
0: Okay, death. let's move past. Yes, this. It's, please.
1: It's a thing that happened because they made fun of him a lot for that. It's. A reoccurring joke sometimes. Um Anyway, but they're, they're like a whole acting dynasty, the Caradines.
0: Okay. Because the thing that stuck with me from a kid, and part of what I remembered from this film, was Rob Schneider's what-if gag.
2: He, that's what I was going to say. But the oh, no,
1: other that one did kids. not bother me quite as much.
0: The other kids have development in, like, developing their prophecy. And Rob Schneider... Uh, development has a play on that where he thinks he has this power where he says, what if something happens, and then it happens. And because of this being a scripted film, that happens more often than it would in real life, yes. uh, and then he says, what if I lose this power and pretty much never gets it again.
1: And they make a joke about it when what's his, uh, Zatch gets shot, but does he get shot?
0: Yes, Zatch yeah. does get shot. But he's he? Is he but bleeding he's fine.
1: Because there's no blood.
0: No. And another thing I pointed out in the synopsis that I uh, saw on this view was that all the enemies have guns. Nobody shoots until the very end. And even then, nobody dies from a gun.
1: But, like, he gets straight up shot. But, like, there's no bullet wound. I think this was a time
0: period where everyone understood guns are bad. Villains have guns. But you cannot show someone getting shot. That's why GI Joe had laser beams instead of bullets. I
1: wish they had it where, like, like he got where it shot, shot blood and blood all fell. over the no, screen. So like, everybody. yeah, the, he got hit and he fell over and they think he got hurt and then he's like, "Oh no!" And then he like shows his sword and it shows the dent where the. Like this,
2: or he this, had put on the thing like that Marty McFly bulletproof vest underneath yeah, his thing. Yeah,
1: like, this this movie does enough stupid things they could have gotten away with that.
0: Right. And, and had to Honestly, fake like, that is the only point in the film where I felt anything. I think it would have been way more interesting if Zatch had died there. Yeah. Like, it would have made me felt some something for weird. one of the characters in this film.
1: At least give him a wound so you could see something that yeah, it was serious. Make him
0: give him another eye patch.
1: <laughs> Put a bandage over it. Do something. He got shot and he's there's nothing. Just no, abs. No, no.
0: Instead of two eye patches, one over each eye, he just has a double eye patch.
1: <laughs> and they're not against blood because definitely in that that murder, murdery flashback that the kids definitely fall right. asleep during, he's bleeding from his eye.
0: They yeah. have flake
1: blood, so they could give him a, just a trail, a little trickle of face blood to be like, "Yeah, he actually did get shot in the shoulder, you guys." <laughs> he might, he might die instead of being like, "It's just chest, just like there's nothing."
2: While we're talking about them and the villains with their guns, um, Leslie Nielsen as a villain,
1: not it, scary it, at no. all,
2: not no, scary. No, no, no. But then, secondly, I don't. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention because it was boring. But I don't remember exactly how he became a robot, or if he was always a robot, oh, or if I he's, like, you. Darth oh, vader up or I, something. I like but the children fell asleep during like this flashback. I also like the thing how half of his face has, is supposed to be, like, a metal plate, but it moves with his face when he moves. So it's like, I don't know what that was, either.
0: So this is explained in the flashback that Zatch explains to the children, and they fall asleep, and I practically fell asleep I during. did fall asleep. It is... It is all him explaining the past and nobody pays attention to it. So, what happened was, again, another prophecy was fulfilled and General Chi attacked this, uh, attacked Patusan, where uh, Johnny and Adam's parents were ruling, right? During that fight scene, Zatch escapes with the children, Mm -hmm. uh, and part of that is Liam Neeson, not Liam Neeson, Leslie Nielsen. (laughs) I knew I was going to do that. I've been doing that all day. Leslie Nielsen gets run over by an elephant. So he gets crushed from an elephant, and half of his body gets deformed. That's why half of him is metal later in the film. So
2: so it was Darth Vader. He gets injured and builds himself back together.
1: I I thought he was like Claw
0: from Inspector Gadget. Gadget. The same thought. But uh that's his that's his whole thing is that half his body is metal. He's afraid of getting wet because the robot parts won't work. And that's how they ultimately defeat him. So
1: the funniest thing is like in like the trivia I looked up for this, they were like, Leslie Nielsen stayed in character even when they weren't shooting and and like the little kid was afraid what of him. Character, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, he wasn't scary. How were people afraid of him when he was like no. wandering? Also, he's like an he he phoned this in to yeah. make a paycheck. He's in like oh, three scenes. Sure.
0: So, like, I have enjoyed Leslie Nielsen and things like The Naked Gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are films that I have in my pitch game. However, I can never see him as a villain and he's not trying to be scary here oh, no. there's points where he specifically is doing things to be funny as the main bad guy in this film
1: i would put it past that he is not trying to do anything he was like you know what i need another edition on my house this will get <laughs> me some money
0: i will say he is trying in that he really he does what leslie nielsen does to be funny when he's doing like the phone gags that are running throughout the film like there's a there's a gag in the beginning where he can never get to his answering machine in time there's a gag where he has call waiting but he's switching between calls and every answer is just kill them let me switch okay kill them
1: yeah if they were trying to make this character scary having it like the first appearance of him like It's, like, people being tortured, and then this guy who's just running to go get the phone with a 90s, like, ring, ring, and I'm like, oh, nope, killed it for me, we're done.
0: But no, he he is not a good villain.
2: Well, I guess I couldn't tell, you know, to that point, like, what the movie wanted from like it like it couldn't figure itself out because i couldn't tell if you're supposed to take him seriously or if he's supposed to be comedic villain because he was supposed
0: to be scary but he wasn't so it was weird i think this film suffers from not knowing what it's supposed to be uh now that thing you posted in facebook chat uh mark for the history of this film is that accurate what did i do you posted something about how this film got made. No, I'm pretty made. sure you made that no, up. Oh, did you?
2: I definitely made that up on the spot.
0: Okay, because that sounds plausible. I mean, it we is could, not. We
2: could say that that's the real thing, but but I
0: I wanted you to add it if it was real. Since it's not real, we're not going to do it. Uh-huh. However, I did look up on Wikipedia uh, a story of this film, uh, which is that they were working with Sega. To make the film and the video game of this film at the same time. Oh no,
1: it feels like a video game, cash
0: And specifically, the video game in the film is the actual video game that Sega made for this film. And it's really weird and meta in that... Uh, another thing I remember is... the um, I
1: don't... Yeah, that's another thing I don't get.
0: Okay. Because I remember this as a kid. It was really neat seeing a kid play a video game in the film and it have results in the film in some way. So So to explain it to our audience, and then I'll let you get into it... um, johnny is not johnny adam the smaller brother is prophesied to become a great seer a wise man who can see the future the way this manifests itself in the film is his sega game gear will show him things that are going to happen just before they actually happen so he's able to warn people also he can play the video game and like uh, buy an octopus, and then there'll be an octopus there that he can use, or get chopsticks. So, Sarah, what don't you understand? Why? Ah. Because magic. Because, because Sega paid <laughs> to make this film, also, is why. Also, what did
1: happen to Shinobi? His magical powers stole...
0: Yeah, I it mean, ruined the Shinobi game that was in the game. Cartridges
1: game. weren't cheap. Bring back his Shinobi cartridge. <laughs>
0: The thing that I don't get is that this video game series really boring to play because it doesn't seem to have any game aspects that Adam is doing. It's just cut scene after cut scene.
1: I mean, like, it probably was there's just nothing the he's real. doing
0: to fight at all. Well, and at first, what, what like you first notice it
2: at the beginning? They're all sitting at home and he's just playing games, and you start to see the things that are happening on his game are happening in real life because the ninjas are coming to attack them and he sees them on the screen and he was i think th- at the end he's able to affect real life events by doing something on the game and it like beat up one of the bad guys i think it
1: did something to his hand
2: the only
0: thing he was oh you're right shot he shot, at the he, very shot end. he shot
2: robot man or something that's right sprayed water on him
0: <laughs> uh there was water that got in the guy and this film has a a really weird understanding of how electronics work. (laughs) Because at the end, Adam is able to use his Sega Game Gear to control the arm of the bad guy that is metal. That is what he is doing. That is why uh, the bad guy's hand goes to his throat and starts to choke him, is Adam has control of it at that point. by that
1: point, I was so checked out. I just... Oh, I
0: don't blame you. I remembered a lot of this film from childhood, and so I checked out... Almost constantly. Okay,
1: guys, I have to point out something from the very, very beginning of this movie. Did you pay any attention to the song that was playing over the opening credits?
0: No, oh, it wasn't Barbara Add. No, it was.
1: <laughs> they say, no, no, Van Halen before breakfast, but it's not oh, Van Halen. Right. It's some never heard of band, and I could not even find the lyrics to actually check over. But I will tell you the ones that I heard, and it was lyrics like, Ashes blowing in the wind, fade to black, A- and something about an act of violence. And this is over pictures of people just surfing. <laughs> in this 90s kids movie, it was like, act of violence, and, and I'm just I, like,
0: what? I couldn't tell you. I wasn't paying attention at that thought, point. I thought, wasn't
2: that the beginning when when there was narration about backstory stuff?
1: It was narration, but then it goes to them, like, surfing to this heavy metal song.
2: Well, because it was the 90s, it has to be heavy metal if there's no like, surfing. But,
1: like, I was like, okay, heavy metal, hair song, whatever. But then the lyrics are like violence and dust and death. And I'm like, but surfers?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't, get I don't it. understand. Because the surfer is all about like cool vibes and auras and like having a good time with people yeah i
1: thought it'd be like we're cool and stick it to the man and chicks or something but no it was like death and and i'm like
0: death and destruction (laughs) on the
2: waves and i'm like yeah there that was the other thing was their whole surfer language
1: was fun it was something about the 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 jungle was the title of that song and i could not find lyrics on the internet
0: while we are on the subject of the beginning of this film (laughs) There is a scene where they sing basic, a, a parody of Barbara Ann, which I enjoyed as a child because I was unaware of the Beach Boys before seeing this film, and I thought, hey, that's a pretty fun song. I can't believe they wrote this song for the movie.
1: Hey, I have to say, it is kind of well choreographed in that part, too, you know? it's
0: It's well performed. I don't know if Johnny actually did the singing here, but... What they had was not bad to listen to.
1: All we learned from that scene is those boys are the stupidest people in the world and should not run a country.
0: But they to explain don't explain this scene, yes. because I have a problem with this scene watching as an adult to our audience.
1: Oh, that principal's super racist.
0: Yes. So Johnny... Uh, didn't do his homework. And when he gets to the school, he remembers, oh no, I had to prepare this presentation to a foreign dignitary that happens to be visiting this high school in Los Angeles for reasons. Uh, and the president, the president, <laughs> the, uh, the principal introduces him as we have an Asian American student representing representing this foreign dignitary in what I believe to be a traditional ethnic style. So Johnny has been given this job to, to this foreign dignitary because he happens to have the look of an Asian American student.
1: I mean, he is an Asian American
0: student, but he was raised in America was my point. And maybe I phrased that wrong. He doesn't know anything about no, the he culture, doesn't. And, he has and chosen the simply fact that because he's Asian American
1: doesn't mean he's the same type of Asian American. In the end, it turns out he is there. Yeah, like they're from the same village, which is weird. And a callback that was not like who was waiting for that Barbara Ann callback?
0: Oh, I sure was. Uh, but <laughs> so instead of doing like an actual speech. He starts singing Barbara Ann, but changed the lyrics to Baba Ron, which happens to be the name of the dignitary that's visiting them. He's like a
1: a monk or something. Yes. Because they come out in like what looks like monk robes and then they transform into like choir robes. Which those are real classy choir robes wherever oh, they stole yeah. them from.
0: Like Why were they even there if they weren't supposed to be a part of the presentation?
1: I assume they stole them from the choir department. This
2: is what that's what I was confused about just, is sorry. how they just came up with that
0: whole thing all on the fly. <laughs> oh, Mark, I if they the only thing I don't understand is the robes. Uh, if I saw a bunch of choir kids, it's like, hey, do you guys know Barbara Ann? <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course we do. It's the 80s. Beach Boys are popular. Let's go.
1: Also, neither of the brothers know where Spain is.
0: Oh, absolutely they don't. They are the worst students.
1: Um, and it's not just them. Them and two other characters... There is a lot of examples of the early 90s stereotype of everyone is just the biggest moron. Everyone is dumb and no one can function in society.
0: And while we're talking about 90s stereotypes, can we talk about Jotty's outfit through most of the film? Because <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's wearing a green tie-dye shirt and then jean overalls yes. that are shorts. I don't know if this thing has a name but I never want to see it it's again.
1: Short all's.
0: Shortalls? Yeah. Of course Sarah short would know the overalls. answer to this.
1: They're a thing, they look better on women.
0: Are they the thing? I don't want them to be a thing.
1: They are a thing, they look better on women.
0: I at that are point, they still just a thing or a romper. Was that just I don't, in the I don't want the suspenders or overall type look to them at all.
1: I own two pairs of overalls
0: throw them away.
1: Ooh. Oh, no, I just bought them. They're great. <laughs> oh, take them, I take that back. I own three. Two which are pants and one which is a skirt.
0: Uh, though, on the... You said that these characters can't find Spain. Another person who can't find Spain is the person in, in charge of montages in this film. There's a point <laughs> where they're on a boat and they do the classic thing where they have an overview of a map and they show the boat going through... According to this montage, they take off from Europe. They go through uh, the Gulf of Mexico, through the Panama Canal, and then to Potosan uh, in Asia on the other side. <laughs> there is no explanation why they were on the Atlantic Ocean at all in this film. Especially since they start off in California. Exactly. Yet yeah,
1: you think they would go... West. You
0: think it would just be the Pacific Ocean yeah, just, for this boat trip? Apparently go. not. They fly all the way to the Europe and they make uh, what must have been weeks of travel to get to Patusan. Yeah, Ma- how long was uh, so that? So basically, they for?
2: just stole stock footage of a traveling map. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, probably.
1: <laughs> because if that's true, how long was that cop asleep for? Because oh, he does not he wake was up. Even
0: there, <laughs> we haven't we even talked talk about, about this cop. Because <laughs> this cop. Doesn't need to be there. There's a lot of people who just don't need to be there well, in this and film. I
2: forget so if the kids got it no, they weren't in trouble. The the people broke into their house and the they ended the broke police into station the restu- talking. Restu- and restaurant? then the cop was like trying to talk to them about yes. how to be better kids because they acted so rebellious or whatever, and somehow they knocked him out and brought him with them for some reason. No. So I don't remember Sarah, this, go
1: obviously. Go because Here's what happened okay so the ninjas broke into the is it a restaurant yeah restaurant and kidnapped their father and so they're like and and zatch is like we must go to the country and do your destiny and they're like hey no we're just some guys from la we're gonna go tell the cops so they go tell the cops and basically went hey some weird people that look like ninjas broke into our shop and kidnap our dad and he's like yeah, kid, probably what you have is your dad's got gambling debts or whatever and he's laying low. And they're like, no.
0: (laughs) We saw some (laughs) ninjas our dad loves us, okay?
1: We're like, (laughs) our dad loves us. And he's like, fine, we'll have some people outside the place. And then Rob Schneider pretends to be an old Scottish guy? Yep. An old disabled Scottish man.
0: He sure does. Um, There's no explanation for it. But then
1: later, when... There's more ninjas attacking and they have the fight in the restaurant and stuff like that. Finally they decide to go with Zetch to Potteran. Potasan. Potteran. Patasan. Patazan.
0: Por a potty.
1: I make that joke later. Um, he finally has been trailing them and being like, You guys have been doing a lot of stuff and I think you're getting kidnapped. And they're like, No, no, we're not getting kidnapped. We're doing this on our own free will. And he's like, Yeah, you guys shouldn't do this. You're like twelve. And Zach comes out of nowhere and is like, no sleepy time. I'm doing the Vulcan neck pinch. And um, they instead of leaving him there on the pier, they just stick him on the boat with them. And so, take him with us.
0: Part of this whole thing is a cut from one scene to another that makes absolutely no sense. Because uh, at the end of the ninjas breaking into the restaurant, which is a, a fairly good fight scene, they come out of the restaurant and they see cops pulling up. One of which is this guy. Uh, And so they decide, we don't want to be here, and they run away. The next scene shows them uh, getting into a van in costume, apparently spent an entire day, because now it's night, getting hats to disguise themselves. They get into a van, and... Now the cop pulls up and has apparently been trailing them, even though they ran away in the previous scene and made no contact whatsoever. So I don't understand how the cop found them or how he was able to trail them to the boatyard.
1: Oh, I think he was just following them the whole time like a creeper.
0: But how did he follow them without contacting, uh, without seeing them at the restaurant?
1: But he, I think he'd been following them since the house.
0: But I'm saying they ran away, but I think and he, he didn't see them run away, and then he's just suddenly there.
1: I, I think he's magic, and we need more backs around him, because later when they're in the village, he knew all the answers to why the village was all torn up, and, like, I think he's some sort of, like, military, like, Rambo guy, because he's, like, he kept some of those people alive, so they would tell what happens when you help people. And I'm like, how do you know all of this LAPD guy? Like, do you have... A lot of, like, devastated Vietnam villages in your time in L.A.?
0: So what you're saying, it was destiny?
1: It was destiny. Apparently, everyone gets a destiny except for Rob Schneider.
0: (laughs) No, his destiny is to star in some really disappointing films.
1: His job is to be kept around for amusement like a monkey.
0: Yes. Uh, The last note I have on the cut is I like seeing this guy in films. Uh, he was in Ace Ventura. He was in Blank Check. His name is uh, Tone Lock, and I believe oh, he... hes a, He's a rapper he who a rapper. Uh, I think had a, a song on the soundtrack that was pretty okay in this film.
1: I don't actually know who Tone Lock is, like, as a name rapper, but... Um, anyway, I think it's during the fight scene at the restaurant that there is a part that I thought was kind of funny. It's when the guy tries to jump off the roof and take them down, and, oh, and that's when they're just,
0: leaving the house.
1: And, and Zatch just steps backwards and lets <laughs> him fall and then steps on him. And that I'm just like, because he just kind of looked at him like, you are the dumbest person and just steps back and lets him face plant on the cement.
0: Well, the reason he saw him coming is the little kid saw him the game gear yeah. and then warned him. He's like, oh, do 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 do. Yeah. Oh! He doesn't try to like
1: fight him from coming down. He just like back up. Step on his face.
0: And right after this, uh, Zatch decides the best way to deal with these ninjas is to blow up their childhood home. Yeah. (laughs) Like, at the end of this film, they leave Patusan. They don't have a home to go to.
1: I assume Mac's gonna figure it out. They got their dad back. He's an adult. He can figure it out.
0: Mac owns a restaurant. He can't buy another house.
1: Yeah, but they've got, I assume, some sort of, I mean, they've said they're dissolving the monarchy, but I assume they get some sort of jewels or something that Well, they can there is a off.
2: sequel to this that maybe that's all
0: explained. We're
1: not watching that.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't see it as a child. I have no interest in watching it.
1: If we ever do a sequel month or something, we're not watching that.
0: No, uh, we have plenty of land before times to get through. All you <laughs> oh, can do another like, brave
1: little
2: toaster. A those now. Um,
0: uh, I think there's upwards of fourteen. Yeah. All right. So uh, the other things I want to talk about. Uh, this film introduces the most dangerous thing I've ever seen in a film, which was moto surfing, uh, a a practice by which. You drive a Jeep uh, and then stand up in the Jeep and pretend you're surfing a surfboard as the car moves down the road uncontrolled. Occasionally you pull out an oar that you just have in the back seat (laughs) and pretend to paddle the car. Meanwhile, nobody's in control.
1: To be fair, at least no one's going to be able to afford a Jeep, so kids probably won't try this at home.
0: I sure hope not, because, like, at one point, they do a 360, and they face the back of the car. Ugh, it's just, it's prone to accidents. If you did a
2: 360, you'd be facing the same way
0: you started. Uh, In the middle of the 360. <laughs> I didn't say they stopped. I said at one point during the 360.
1: Um, I'm, I have to look something up to see if I can find the exact quote, because I have to tell you guys about my least favorite part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the
0: whole thing? <laughs> oh, no,
1: but keep talking to see if I can find. This okay.
0: Quote. Oh, the other person I wanted to talk about was the the girl who is betrothed to Johnny. Oh,
1: this mm. is my least favorite part.
0: Oh, was it her? Oh,
1: hey, I forgot that Rob Schneider's character is called Iggy. Apparently.
0: Yeah, Uncle Iggy is what they call him at one point. I assumed that was the Scottish character he did. I thought so too, but. Okay, so Sarah was the girl. Your least favorite part.
1: Not necessarily her in general, but just the use of this character.
0: Yeah, and some
1: of the things she says
0: yeah.
1: are very weird. And I can't remember in the first scene where she gets introduced because they're like, "Oh, Johnny! Turns out you've been like baby engaged." Which, okay, kind of weird, but not necessarily an unthought of plot condition. Finding he's suddenly royal, suddenly like been engaged since birth. That's. A plot point that hasn't necessarily uncommon in situations of this plotline,
0: and historically that has happened in some. Cultures. But
1: they like bring her in; she's dressed like the brides in Big Trouble in Little China.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and she has like this veil, which they did make fun of, and and then you're expecting, oh, she's gonna be the sassy '90s character, but like it's she's been forced. But she makes really weird comments. Like there's one in the first scene where like. Something about, like, I'm all yours forever soon or something like that. And I can't find the exact quote. But then
2: later on, she's talking about, well, we can't marry each other, but we can still
0: date, right?
1: But that's much later after all of these really creepy comments.
0: Because she has been raised knowing that she is in this arranged marriage. And that she is going to marry a prince. And I get that... That whole brainwashing of this culture, racing her to be the bride of a prince, is very problematic. It's
1: so weird that, like, this kid's movie would, like, have her doing those quotes. Because it's like, uh, oops.
0: The problem I have with this character, which I understand that's problematic, I would have liked to see Johnny reject that part Because what I don't understand is later in the film, her character shifts to be a more modern woman, to say something along the lines of, well, I don't know if I even want to get married. I don't know if I want to marry you. I would like to be a more self-actualized woman, which is very uh, relevant to the, the zeitgeist of this film. And I get why this film released in the 90s has a female character saying that. I don't understand why this character, who was introduced to be raised by birth, is now in like 30 minutes changing her entire lifestyle.
1: And I think you're giving too much credit that line. I think she really just like, oh, we can't get married because my dad says this and we're too young. But we can still date. And in the end, she's still dressed up as the queen anyway. And she's still being called the queen. So really nothing changes. I think it's just they threw it in there because it's a funny line so that they could have the comeback for her being, But we can still date and they can have the other kiss. I think they they had no point to make it like this independent female, because really she has about five lines and four of them are creepy because there's also the part where she distracts the guards and she does it by yeah. she's, she's the same age as Johnny, so she, and he, they've said he's fifteen, turning sixteen in two weeks, so she's probably also at the oldest sixteen, and she has this thing where she says something to them in the native language patusani um. <laughs> Not a real language. Um, nope. <laughs> like, seductively, and then has them follow her down into the foliage, and then she like they beat him, them up. And when, he, when Johnny asks, what did you say to them? He says, I'll, I'll tell it to you on our wedding night. So it's obviously, she seduced all of these fully adult men with full facial hair and beard as this 16-year-old. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, no, let's not. No,
2: it's really not great. And other than, like, there's that, and then there's one during the big fight at the end where she beats somebody up. But other than, like, those two things, she has nothing to the whole Most story. Most of these
1: characters have nothing to do. Well, that's yeah. true Mac <laughs> has nothing to do. Besides the four main guys, no one does anything. The old man does anything. The side Mac characters really in the doesn't film do anything. are
0: terrible. The one thing I will give credit to the is for an easy thing to do with this female character after establishing that she is betrothed to Johnny and Johnny finds her very attractive, an easy thing to do would have the ninjas just capture her and take her to the island and make her another goal for them to save. To be fair. I give credit for them not doing that, but they did not do much else with her.
1: Well, that's because, like, nothing happens after that point. Everything that happens is, like, 90% fight scenes, and then 10% of everyone getting captured. They don't, have, they don't have just her getting captured because literally everyone gets captured and put on a bus.
0: <laughs> All right. So we've talked a lot about Johnny. What did you guys think about Adam? We talked about his game gear. I liked him as a child actor. I like that they, uh, they set up that he really wanted to drive even though he's like 12 years I old. I have
1: a line that he says, we want to drive, but the man won't let us, It's <laughs> one thing he says at the big bin. I thought he was pretty good. Fairly natural line I readings and stuff like that. I don't think this
0: actor has done anything else, because if you look up a picture of him, it is a picture from this film. Yeah. I thought I would have liked to see this kid and more. I thought he did a really good job.
1: Yeah, he seemed like like they didn't give him a whole lot to do, but like it didn't feel like a lot of child actors were in there like, I am reading a line. I am doing acting. He's and not in like particular, a
0: kid who's I I felt like the bond between Johnny and Adam was genuine. Mm-hmm. Like they have a moment where Adam is scared because Mac has just been captured, and he talks to Johnny. And Johnny is nice to him in much the way I expect an older brother to be to a younger brother. Now, Rob Schneider ruins this moment by walking in with Playboys a second later. Uh, But later in the film, Adam is captured. And when Johnny breaks in uh, to save him, like, they play it off as like, this happens all the time. But you can tell that Adam was very glad that he showed up in that moment. Yeah,
1: that relationship is pretty good. I didn't feel like they cared at all about Mac, and so the fact that they're spending the whole movie trying to get him back is like
0: because they, they set up at the very beginning that Mac wants them to have more discipline or be trying harder in life, and they had just want to be surfer guys.
1: And they found out there's a whole thing where they talk at the very beginning that Johnny has just found something when going through stuff that he found out he's adopted.:
0: No, no, no. Oh, that was a joke. That was a joke they were doing. <laughs> he was trying to get out of his homework assignment and he was going to tell the teacher i just found out i'm adopted no
1: but that was after he was talking about that
0: i think it's clear if johnny looked at himself in a mirror and then looked at mac it's yeah. fairly clear he was adopted.
1: to be fair they don't know their mother
2: uh, the point was when the what's his name colonel g yeah attacked everybody and they ran away i thought their father was killed and so the guy they've been living with
0: is just their like yes guardian but remember they don't remember johnny, that. johnny, johnny that. does make reference to being adopted several times i think he understood that from the beginning he knew he didn't I need to he, knew he that. was not born in america no
1: because both yes, of he them did. but not till later because remember at the beginning they don't remember anything about that it's when he's like think and remember
0: Right. During that scene, Adam says, we're not from Potosan. We were born here. But Johnny remembers not being from there, from being from somewhere else, and knowing he came to America to be adopted.
1: But, and up until that point, it doesn't seem like he does remember that, because every time he's like, no, Max, our father, we don't know any of these people, we don't know any of this stuff.
0: Okay. He repeatedly says Max, his dad. I will give you that. However... I believe he understands he's adopted. You don't need to birth a child to be a dad to them, and I think that's the type of relationship they're putting forward here. They made it here. seem
1: like because it was after when he said the original thing about, "Oh, I just found out I was adopted," that the friend makes that the was joke. A joke. No. It was a joke. <laughs> okay, can I finish my sentence, please?
0: No.
1: <laughs> okay, fine then. I'll just.
0: No, Sarah. I please finish.
1: He makes the comment about being adopted, and then the friend says oh, you didn't do your homework, just tell him you found out you were adopted. It's after that that they make the joke.
0: So, I understood (laughs) it to be two jokes. But why would he
1: make the joke about the homework twice?
0: Because it's from two different people. The first, But they don't even mention
1: the homework until after that.
0: Can I finish? (laughs) I'm
2: just going to walk away for a few minutes and let you two yell at each other. I understand,
0: and I'm not going to harp on this too much, but I understood it to be... Johnny first makes the the excuse after getting to school realizing he needs to do a big assignment. The
1: homework is mentioned after that.
0: It is. The first joke Johnny makes is maybe I could tell them I just found out I was adopted. The second joke is Rob Schneider saying maybe I can tell them I just found out you're adopted.
1: No, cuz it's not mentioned. He do- it's when he remember he remembers oh I'm supposed to do the assembly is mentioned several lines After the adoption line. Okay. That's what's confusing.
0: I'm not going to harp on this. I think we both have different understandings here. The order of the lines
1: is, found out I was adopted. Then they get all the way into the school, says, oh, this dignitary is supposed to be here. I have to give an assembly. I didn't do it. And then the Rob Snyder thing says, oh, say you're adopted. That's the order. So him making the excuse about the adoption thing first to be an excuse for homework doesn't make sense because he hadn't remembered he had forgotten the homework until they got to the front of the school.
0: I understood the Rob Schneider line to be a dumb joke about Rob Schneider trying to get out of something by just learning his friend was adopted.
1: Which might be. But the thing is, when Johnny said the thing about being adopted, he hadn't remembered he had forgotten his homework yet because they hadn't Hmm. gotten to the front of the school yet.
0: Maybe. Maybe. I, I agree. He was not at the school yet. However, homework was mentioned at the kitchen table at the beginning. Uh, it's where the dad tells him no Van Halen, and they have an argument about homework. And I think Johnny knew at that table he had homework he didn't do. He didn't remember what it was. I the adoption
1: line was to get out of doing the assembly.
0: It was to... The second one, the Rob Schneider one is. But
1: why would Rob Schneider care? He didn't have to do the assembly. I don't know.
0: We're, we're <laughs> harping too much on this. This it's movie not is that awful. Important.
1: None of the lines make sense.
0: Yes, you're right. Uh, I hate it. We're, why did we're you are make me We're going to agree to disagree it? on whether Johnny knew he was adopted. It's not that important. But I still don't think they knew
1: on. they weren't born in America until that moment when he had like this flashback recollection. Because every time they're just like, we're from L.A., Hmm. We don't speak the language. I think it was when he's like, no, you have to really think. Do you remember? And then he remembered. Because Natch had some... S- Natch? Zatch?
0: Zatch. <laughs> that's
1: Zatch not a real a name either. It's really
0: not. It's not a It also like... rhymes with patch, which is his defining characteristic. And it's
1: not even like a, ooh, we're trying to sound mythical and ninja-y. It sounds like a 90s guy who plays reggae and, like, foosball. Right? And has, like, a soul patch. I hate it. I hate everything. Anyway, but he had some like, I'm a mystical guru and you need to remember your destiny moment. Please remember you were older. You can remember your past. And then he's like, oh yes, now I remember. This
0: brings me to the thing I hate most about this film. Magical gurus? It is the staple of terrible films and it is the prophecy. Because every goddamn character in this (laughs) film has a goddamn prophecy. Except for
1: Rob Schneider.
0: That they have to fulfill, and the whole movie is just them doing exactly what the prophecy said. Because at the during the flashback, we learned that there was a prophecy that General Chai would come. Oh, and- please
1: tell me more about this, because I really did fall asleep during. All that. right,
0: so <laughs> in the beginning. They tell how their native land was attacked by this General Chi, and that was prophesied. You just called him General so they, Chow a minute ago. I, I called him General Chai and General Chi. I don't care. The character's not that important. He's also not a, a general. He's a brother... colonel. Oh, he is a colonel. I, was,
1: I remember that one was going to be a great warrior and king, and yes. one was going to be the prince and a seer.
0: Yes. So that is the prophecy for the children. Now... The dad is apparently a warrior king, uh, but it's prophesized that she is going to come in and establish a tyrannical rule. And so, knowing this is going to happen in the future, in a culture that believes of prophecies, they do no preparation whatsoever to stop this, and it just happens. But if it's a prophecy,
2: it's going to happen anyway, so why bother trying to stop it?
0: But here's the other thing, is that Johnny is prophesized to become a warrior king and to sit on the throne on his sixteenth birthday. And so that just happens, and it happens because Chi sent ninjas to kill him. If Chi did nothing, it wouldn't have happened. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy. But would
1: Zatch have come and gotten him anyway?
0: Maybe Zatch would have, but
1: Okay, but what was the thing? It did doesn't they say matter. about the island sinking? Did I make that up?
2: Yes, that is nothing. This is not Atlantis.
1: I, s- I swear <laughs> they talked about something sinking when they got off the boat. I have to re-look that up. Off the boat,
0: the boat, boat was is sinking. sinking.
1: Okay, that's what was sinking.
0: So <laughs> the raft that they took to the island, they didn't want it to be spotted, and so Zatch pushed it out and explained, "Well, I've poked holes in it, that so it'll was it. sink and they'll never see I'm it." I'm
1: sorry, Zatch has this voice. We talked about ASMR earlier. He's got an ASMR voice. It's very lovely for like if I wanted to meditate or do yoga or something. But to listen to very long bits of narration, I just mm, go into sleep. And I
0: just I tuned it right out.
1: I I swear I missed like half this movie, and I I really did watch all of it, and I. Like
0: Lucky for both of you, because it took so long for us to record this, I had to watch this movie twice. Hey, I
2: watched it twice, too, but the second time was still, like, two weeks ago, so I don't yeah. remember a lot
0: of it. I
1: can't even read half my notes. I was so asleep when I was writing them. Oh, there was a random fourth w- uh, wall break at one oh, point. Oh, yeah,
0: Rob Schneider for no reason. <laughs>
1: just looks at the camera. I just said something, and I'm like, why?
0: You know what it is. I remember now. So there, it's a chase scene. Uh, where little kid Adam finally gets his dream. He's driving a Jeep. Uh, but the the bad ninjas, who give no characterization, they're just henchmen, are chasing them. And Rob Schneider finds dynamite in the backseat. And guess what dynamite doesn't like? <laughs> Vibrations. This should have exploded. But uh, he finds dynamite, and he just throws it at them without lighting it first. Luckily, he hits the driver in the face, (laughs) and the car crashes anyway. Uh, But then they're like, hey, you should maybe light the dynamite before you throw it. He's like, well, does everyone have a lighter? And for no reason, they establish that Zatch is a smoker, and so he always carries a lighter. For no reason they do this. Uh, And then Rob Schneider has the line... Oh, you should consider going on the patch. Looks right. at the eye patch and says, "Well, look who I'm talking to—to to the audience." It's breaking the fourth wall for the first time in the movie for no reason. And you
1: know what? You could have had him do it before.
0: Yeah, but it's just one If you one had established time- this character talks to the audience, Uh
1: but like he never, he, it's just one time and it never happens again and it's just very weird.
0: Although the whole dynamite
2: joke was, was probably the one part of the whole movie that I actually thought was remotely funny. Just because oh. all the, the first thing they said was, oh, throw dynamite at them. And I, that was the first thing I thought was he picked it up and didn't light it. And then <laughs> and then they even commented on it and I was like, mm-hmm, because oh, I, did, I like, saw it the whole time.
1: <laughs> somewhere, at some point when they're on the island and they're sneaking around. They say something about camouflage, and Rob Schneider's like, yes, because they blend in so well. And
0: Well, to be honest, the, the bad guys are wearing blue camouflage on a jungle island. But
1: Rob Schneider, when they say this, is just so done. He's just like, yes, they blend in so well with their surroundings, and he's just so... Upset about like them saying this to him, that I just hey, thought was really funny, buddy.
0: I get it. Your your best friend instantly learned kung fu. Uh, His brother is using a video game to see the future. What do you have? Nothing. But he has you have what a if partial. Power. You have a partial what if power that you lost earlier.
1: But he's just like blue camouflage. is not blending into anything. You guys. Like, and I'm supposed to be the dumb one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, another thing I want to talk about in this film, which is dumb, is the music choices. I liked the Barbaran in the beginning, it was fine. There are specific things in these fight scenes where they play royalty-free classical music for no reason, and it doesn't fit anything.
1: Oh, yeah, what is the song that gets played every time he picks up a sword?
0: I don't know. It sounds like Ode to Joy. I know it's not Ode to Joy.
1: Oh, it's something recognizable that I know, but at the moment I cannot remember what it was. But it's something really... Oh, you
2: mean like, so when Zatch is forcing him to fight, so he will realize suddenly that he has this magical ability that he never knew he had. And then he picks up, like, the special sword and it glows and it plays a song. And suddenly he knows how to fight people because of magic sword.
0: So the first time he learns to fight is in the Chinese restaurant Mm -hmm. and that he's apparently great at it. I liked how in that secret temple uh, he doesn't want to fight because that at least matches his character. Mm -hmm. That a surfer would not want to be violent. He'd want everyone to get along. He'd want to talk his way out of situations. So in the if we look at this as the hero's journey, as described by Joseph Campbell, uh, this is the hero refusing his quest, refusing his destiny. So that that's what the scene is about. So I like that he initially was not on board with it, because at least that matches the character we established for him. I am less okay with him just picking up a sword. It's like, you know what? Fine, I'll fight you, and then I'm going to fight this guy and change everything about myself.
1: Just so you know... I can find literally no information about this movie on the internet.
0: Oh, it's cause the world forgot it until I remembered it for this podcast.
1: So I'd have to look up that video. To so that means out what ever that ever after, was, after this,
2: whenever somebody searches for this movie, they will uh-huh. find us. Because yes. <laughs> we're the
0: only thing. Oh, you mean that we're advertising our podcast to the world by looking at films <laughs> that wouldn't overshadow our podcast? Mm. And maybe this is a pretty good advertising strategy? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I hate this movie. Oh, oh, it's
0: bad. It's a bad is this, film. Is this worse than her reaction to Ants that I missed? Uh, gosh, this film might be worse than Ants. Alright, I am trying to look up the music at present.
1: It's not quite Ode to Joy.
0: But it's very close. It's
1: very, very close.
0: Alright, are we just gonna go with this as an Ode to Joy look-alike for, um... For reasons of copyright it's, infringement, it's the they couldn't version. use. Even though "Ode to Joy" by this point is royalty free, <laughs> that's a real thing. That's why, like, the Nintendo music player has "Ode to Joy," is they didn't have to pay any money for it.
1: It might just be from another part of some classical thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's totally unimportant. The, the only part, the only reason I brought it up was that it has. Uh, It's completely out of place in this film. Uh, Anything that would have had um, a slightly Asian sound to it or something taken out of a classical kung fu movie would have fit better. I have no reason why we're trying to make people think of classical opera and orchestras. It doesn't fit with anything this movie is trying to do. I
1: guess it's kind of supposed to be the, like,
0: the Epiphany? The,
1: yeah, the singing choirs, glowing light when like the idea of you open the treasure chest and it glows, sort of thing like the Ah moment.
0: Right. It's supposed well Uh yeah, it's supposed to be that Eureka moment. Mm-hmm. And I just think they could have done this better because they do it twice. Uh the other thing I noticed is that just before Johnny figures out he knows Kung Fu, he is kicked in the face. So there's there's Kind of the implication that that knock on the head knocked something loose, and now he just knows Kung Fu. I
2: I, I guess I had the impression he was just defending himself and naturally had this ability, but he had no idea
0: how he was doing it.
1: The problem is they confuse it.
0: Yes. So, Mark, to your point, I... I had that interpretation as a kid, and I'm stretching uh, for him getting kicked in the head and having this epiphany. But to me, thats I think that's why I like this film so much as a kid, in that he doesn't train, he doesn't practice, he doesn't have to invest large amounts of time into becoming a karate master. He just he has a destiny, and he suddenly learns it. Because as a kid, there's nothing better for me uh, than just being a ninja, having all these fighting abilities instantly, that is the fantasy for little Carl. Uh, And so, like, this film establishing that there's a world where you can just have karate powers instantly is like, yes, I want that. I will subscribe to this film.
1: My problem with that scene is the fact that it felt like they're having it be that it's this build-up moment where he's getting hit again and again, and he finally gets... So angry about it because it's the you do that one more time. He gets angry enough that he kind of snaps and loses his inhibitions and is able to tap into his. I'm gonna say destiny again, and can do it. But then they have the moment where he grabs the sword, and that's when the epiphany glowy light moment is. So is it the grabbing the sword? Is it that he just got so mad he could tap into his powers? Why would you do both?
0: Well, they already established that he knew his kung fu powers yeah. uh, because he fights people at a restaurant.
1: But that's another moment where he kind of has this moment of he got hit. Like, I'm I'm injured and I hurt, and it's a kind of snapping moment, tapping into the powers. Like, he has to, like, have something happen to, to be able to tap in because he's unlearned or whatever. Yeah,
0: it's bad story structure in they have two moments yes. of him becoming the karate master. They kind of build up the sword as being... His birthright and how it has the blood of a thousand warriors infused into it—some kung fu prophecy nonsense. Uh, but yeah, that's the sword is supposed to be great. Uh, and sword. then in the final fight scene, he just hands the sword to Rob Schneider. Poor Rob, it doesn't Schneider. make sense. I know, oh, but because
2: yeah, what, what did he say? You need this more than I do, yeah, or something. And then he just goes exactly. off and fights with his bare hands.
0: But we have reached. Uh, The third act. uh, Whereas they're... They're they're storming the castle. um, And I don't understand this point. So, little kid... um, Adam is the seer. They look at the island. They see, well, the only place we could land a ship is filled with guns. And we will definitely die if we go there. So... Does anybody have any ideas? And the little kid looks at trees and can't look at wood without thinking, hey, surfboard. <laughs> and so in the matter of hours, they carve about 50 surfboards. Uh, and they, they launch a surfing attack on the island. My question here, if they've got machine guns to shoot down ships, couldn't they shoot down surfboards that are approaching in broad daylight?
2: Maybe I g- I never understood why, why the wood. surfboards were supposed to be a better idea than any other way of getting there. Just because they're surfers, I guess.
0: Their expedition for it, which is bad, uh, is the rear part of the island is unprotected, but there is a natural reef there, so you couldn't take a boat because the boat would run into the reef and ground itself. Whereas surfboards, you could approach... Uh, because they don't go that deep into the water.
1: I guess that kind of makes sense.
0: Like, that explanation kind of makes sense. Them approaching an island of guns on little pieces of wood? I don't buy that. Anyway, uh, they attack the thing from the rear, uh, and without warning at all, they just throw dynamite on these soldiers, uh, essentially just killing random people, because they're bads, I guess. Uh and so they start the war. Um, there is a moment I enjoyed as a child where this one warrior is kicked down just so many stairs.
1: Oh, he just rolls all the way down.
0: Uh and as soon as he gets back to the top, he is kicked right back down no, the stairs. No, he
1: just falls down the stairs the second. Is it that Ooh, is that the third time? Third
0: time. That is the callback they do. Third time he gets back though the battle is over the good guys have won and so he just like all right i'll kick myself down the stairs <laughs> uh but this is where zatch gets shot
1: or not shot we're not sure
0: probably shot
1: and then we learn a a secret that has no point cuz we're 5 minutes from the end of the movie exactly zatch is their uncle
0: oh right yeah i keep forgetting that because it's not important at because all. it they happens
1: give,
2: because five no minutes. Because it comes up at the very end in the middle of a battle scene.
1: Maybe if this had happened a little earlier, there'd been some moment where they're really frustrated with him and hate him and want to leave, and he's like, you can't because I'm also your uncle something. Where that would have made, made been, so
0: much more sense.
1: And then they would have had more time to care when he gets shot. But no, it's like he's dying he's like, he's also the king's brother, your uncle. What? And then Rob is just like, he's my uncle? No, Rob Schneider, this joke is done now.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, but they also have it after the, the knighting ceremony. Oh, they do. All right, right. That joke so, never ends. There's a final fight between Leslie Nielsen, who I keep want to call Liam Neeson. I think Liam Neeson would have been a way better villain in this film.
1: Liam Neeson could actually play a villain.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, where he's fighting Johnny. Um, and again, he brings a gun to a sword fight, which is a great idea. Uh, but his arm malfunctions, and he loses the gun, and so he convinces Johnny, well, I accidentally lost my weapon, so why don't you go ahead and purposely lose your weapon, and then it'll be an equal fight.
2: Did his arm malfunction, or was that the time that the kid controlled it with the video game?
0: I think this was, I think it might have been a bit of both, because during this fight scene, he tries to run Johnny over with a car, mm-hmm. crashes the car, the radiator uh, explodes and, and sprays sends water, water everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and so he does get wet, but even though we've previously established wet is bad for him, it doesn't seem to have any effect, but apparently it creates a Wi-Fi signal to this Sega Game Gear, which can now... cure control it because fate destiny electronics are all kind of the same thing
1: no one who knew how the internet worked in the 90s
0: <laughs> they sure didn't so final seed, uh not final final seed, final part of the battle johnny has defeated chi in hand-to-hand combat uh he's standing over this fountain i guess this collection of water and we've previously established this is bad for him and so Johnny goes for a flying kick to kick him into the water, lands just before him, establishing, I'm too good of a guy to kill you, and then decides to push him in instead. <laughs> so-,
2: <laughs> so it really had no effect to not kick him in the first
0: place. Exactly. Uh, and so Zatch falls into the water and is Zatch. electrocuted. Not Zatch. Chi. <laughs> General Cheese. Colonel. Um, oh. Colonel Cheese uh, falls into the water and is probably electrocuted to death. Because we never see him again.
1: Here's a question. Where did Colonel Chi come from?
0: Oh, are you saying because he's probably not from Patusan? Yes. <laughs> um.
1: Like, Max kind of explained that he was former U.S. military who maybe was like stationed there and then continued to stay there afterwards. But like where did Liam Neeson... Liam I Nees-
0: <laughs> no, mean do it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my best guess is he's is some sort of like rogue warlord from an island nation that he controls. Something along the lines of M Bison in the Street Fighter movie.
1: They just never explain it. He's just there and not Asian.
0: <laughs> he's he's just a bad. He's, he's just, just bad. the bad in this well, film. Well, yes, even he though is he's not bad. bad. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so final moments of this film, so we can finally put this to bed. Uh, Johnny and Adam take the throne. The girl is there also, and they are revisited by uh, the Babasan.
1: Baba Baba Ran.
0: Baba Ran. Thank you. Patusan is the name of the thing. I can't even keep this straight. There was a throwaway line here where they established that the po- the Bobberon uh, is from this island. I think the town that they visited that was destroyed was his home. It doesn't matter. <laughs> because Johnny gives up the throne. He freezes people, totally disrupting the political structure and probably the economy of this island that he doesn't understand.
1: So, we've established when Rob Schneider's talking to those little kids, they don't speak English.
0: Oh, they don't.
1: The rest of the population probably doesn't speak English. They probably have no idea what he's saying. They're just like, hey, our king's talking. Sure, whatever, so clap.
2: True. <laughs> well, so I, I don't understand, I mean, I guess because he's a kid, but I don't understand the reasoning behind in the first place. Because, oh, well, my first act as your new king is, uh, you no longer have a king. Everyone is free. And I'm like, first of all, whether they understand you or not, but then they all start cheering, right? So, apparently, they must have understood what he's saying, but it, they've been a monarchy for however long. They're all How do anarchists. they know how to they act? They seem
0: really okay with a monarchy. How do they know like, how to
2: act without a king? And that was the whole prophecy, was for the king to come back and rule them, so...
1: He had only had to rule when he turned 16. They never said anything oh. afterwards.
0: That's true. <laughs> also, this, to me, is the most uh characteristic thing this guy could do in like i'm king now i have all this responsibility you know what i don't want any of this responsibility so i guess you're free i guess that's the point is because
2: like they're like oh you have to come back and save your people and so he comes back and fights the bad guys and then suddenly he's like well i don't feel like being here i don't want to rule you so i'm just gonna let you rule yourselves and i'm gonna leave and it's like well why did you even come back here and free them then
0: He's creating a political vacuum that somebody like Chi is just going to fill again. Uh, so, I don't want to see the sequel, partly because I believe Padusan will become, uh, incredibly poor or under another tyrannical rule because of this idiot boy-child king. I don't know. Well,
2: YouTube really wants me to see it because when I watched the original one I on there, that always real. pops
0: up as soon as it ends. So. Oh, really? Cuz it wants me to watch Angels in the End Zone. That is the <laughs> next film it recommends for me. <laughs> Not Angels in the Outfield, the original film. The sequel to that film.
1: I don't think the sequel's real, guys, cuz I don't see it on Wikipedia.
0: It's you know what? Called Let's let, let it live in Genesis kids or something. Is this where Johnny has children?
1: No, Surf Ninja Kids is just Surf Ninjas. It's just listed on that on YouTube.
2: Oh, so I guess it's the same. It just kept trying to play
0: that one for me. All right, let's let this film die in our memories. uh, And let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, a game where we take one, two, or more properties and shove them in the form. It's this meets this to describe this film in terms of other things. I am going to start us off. So, since this film is a Leslie Nielsen action film uh, that takes a lot of elements from other films but does not amount to any cohesive movie on its own, and... A movie where a group of three boys go on an adventure to save their relation, featuring kung fu fight scenes, sections on a boat, people with eye patches, and improvised weapons of household items. This is Wrongfully Accused meets Three Ninjas. Mark, take R- us away. Wrongfully
2: Accused was the Leslie Nielsen, yes. I think I've seen that a long time ago.
0: It was, where he plays a character called Harrison. Uh, and it follows the plot of a fugitive.
2: So, well, Carl stole one of mine, so I'll just start with that. So, <laughs> okay, so it's a movie about three Californian teens who are trained in martial arts and must fight an evil ninja master who has threatened their family, captured them, and brought them in captivity to the evil base. And a movie about an average American teenager discovering their royal lineage and now must learn to act the part as they are expected to take over as ruler of the kingdom they didn't know existed. I have three ninjas meets yeah. The Princess Diaries.
1: Uh, I have one of those. <laughs> Pretty good. But I won't do that now because that one's special. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> so because it's about some dude with long hair surfing... Meets a martial arts movie that makes no sense. <laughs> this
0: is That's all John- martial arts movies.
1: Johnny Tsunami meets Mortal Kombat.
0: Ooh. Oh, I thought you were going to go Warriors the Virtue. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, since this is a movie featuring adolescent masters of ninjutsu, who love action sports and junk food, and battle an army of nameless, faceless ninjas, and a deformed general with a claw and face made of metal, oh, Carl. and <laughs> a movie with a prophecy fulfilled by a guy who learns kung fu instantly and goes on to save his mentor, who is a captain of a ship... And he also wins by defeating a man who is mostly a machine. This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meets The Matrix.
2: See, this is why I almost did this one first, because now Carl stole this one too. Boom, 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 boom. (laughs) That's just your whole... That's why you want to go first, is so you can steal all It's because
0: I have the most.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so... A movie where, in a jealous rage, a new monarch seizes power by murdering the current ruler and scaring away his heirs. And meets a movie where a small band of teenagers take on an enemy who has covered half his face with metal and killed their martial arts instructor. I have The Lion King meets Teenage Mutant Ninja
0: Turtles. I thought about The Lion King for this. All right, Sarah, what you got?
1: Because this is a young adult who finds out that they are the heir to a country that they didn't know existed meets things that put me to sleep. (laughs) This is Princess Diaries meets Ambien.
0: (laughs) Pretty great. Uh, So my last one. So Mark wrote something in the Facebook chat about how this film was an ancient Chinese story that Hollywood reimagined. And I didn't know that was a lie when I wrote this one. So that's gonna work its way <laughs> <Yes>. into this. <laughs> I screwed up Carl's pitch games. game games. Yeah. Uh so since this is, an, this is an acquired story reimagined by Hollywood into a largely boring film featuring Kung Fu with uh an on-scene director, an overly simple plot, and lots of unnecessary flips, and a uh, movie where a teenage boy fulfills a prophecy, going on a journey to save his loved one, starting a romantic relationship with a princess, and featuring a lot of sand! This is <laughs> Kung Pao Enter the Fist meets Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones.
2: Sarah's favorite one. Yes.
0: Alrighty, so let's go on to our second game. I'm thing, glad you added that in there, even though lines. I made it up. Yes, I uh, So this is a word or phrase you would see in the movie poster for the film Which encapsulates the theme Though hopefully misses the point uh, Yeah, I assumed you had did, done some research, Mark Nope <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to start us off here again uh, If I can find where I wrote them Let's see, Surf Ninjas Who needs brains or discipline when you've got destiny on your side?
2: Oh, I, is it me next again? It is, yes Surf Ninjas, what if this were the most nineties movie you've ever seen?
0: Pretty good
1: uh, surf ninjas, not a portagejon
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, surf Ninjas, never bring a gun to a sword fight.
2: You know we didn't even talk about we talked about the gun. We didn't talk about the right. fact that the kid somehow was able to block the bullets with his sword.
0: Oh, right. It's destiny.
2: Yes, his magical sword abilities. Uh, the next tagline, Surf Ninjas, a film ironically focused on nobility. Because <laughs> surf. S-E-R-F. <laughs>
0: oh, oh! No. Oh,
1: I just thought of a good one for the next game. <gasps> oh
0: boy, write it down as I do my last one. Surf Ninjas, from Hanging Ten to Killing Men.
2: Um, I want to boo that one but I won't
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's just that they do so much murder anyway let's go on to our third game which is the TV guide game a description of the plot of the film you would see on a Netflix description or TV guide where it gets some things right but is wholly wrong and kind of misses the point again for us Can you tell it's been a while since we've done one of these? (laughs) No. Yeah. All right. Uh, So this film is about, through a strange series of events, a high school junior disrupts the ruling government and redesigns the political landscape of a country he's never heard of. Mark, what you got? I'm
2: just realizing that we never talked about this scene, so this isn't going to make any (laughs) sense. When ninjas attack three young boys, their father puts the enemy on the hot seat.
0: Oh. <laughs> Which... That yeah, was one of the impro- uh, improvised weapons. Yes. They,
2: they, their father was fighting and picked up the guy and put him on top of the stove that was turned on.
1: All
0: right, Sarah, what did you write just now?
1: A military leader loses control of his country to a revolution due to not having satisfactory tech support.
0: <laughs> Pretty good. All right, my final one. Uh, Several detailed prophecies come to fruition exactly as described, surprising all of the characters involved, but none of the viewing audience. Hmm,
2: it's true. Uh, All right. Leslie Nielsen gives the best comedic performance of his career as the hilarious jokester Colonel Chi, only it is meant to be taken
0: seriously. Oh, uh, gosh. It reminds me of seeing... I think Leslie Nielsen was in a Twilight Zone or something, where he's playing a space captain. And, like, I can't look at the man seriously, having seen his body of work. Like, every line to me is like a throwaway joke. Was That's he in the, the only movie, way
1: maybe? Hmm? I was wondering if he was in the movie.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
2: I, I think he wouldn't have been in the old TV show, would he? I don't know. I don't remember that.
0: Anyway... Anywho, let's go on to our reviews. Our first scale is, of course, our infamous Potato Scale, where we describe the emotions you will feel watching this film in terms of our relationship with potatoes. So, who would like to take us away and describe this film in potatoes?
2: So, I'm trying to remember even what I... I even wrote it down here, so now I have to remember what the red r- written down things meant. So, I think... We all agree that this was not a great movie. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so I think it was supposed to be kind of a comedy. I can tell it was definitely directed at children, but I don't think I even wanted to use it as the just for kids thing because I'm not even sure. I never saw it as a kid, but I think I, when I was watching it, I remembered scenes of it, like m- must have remembered them from the trailer, and it must have just looked dumb then because I didn't want to see it then so i have uh our our raw potato which i don't know how often we've used that one but it's just that it was just bland there wasn't much there to it um and on top of that i had potatoes with eyes which is spoiled with age just because it's definitely rooted in the 90s everything about it it just seems very 90s to me so uh when i combine the two i have raw potatoes with eyes
0: Uh, so, my review, huh, I don't want to say it's spoiled with age, because as as we talked about, it still has few, but some, good moments. Uh, Rob Schneider does a particularly good performance. There, the kung fu is alright, but the plot as a whole is bad. Uh, so, instead of, like, how it didn't come from the 90s well I feel like this is almost lost in translation (laughs) so I'm gonna go with frites uh this film could be good but you have to put yourself in a really weird mindset to to see it that way um also I want to mix that and caveat that with potato salad because I admit as much as I enjoy this movie in that it reminds me of my childhood it's not a good film this is just the worst in that it's a bad, bad movie. You have to know it's a bad movie going into it to get anything out of it. Uh, and so it is a potato salad loss of translation. That is what I'm giving
1: it. <laughs> um, I'm pretty close on those. I definitely gave it a raw potato because it's just there are definitely times where I'm like, I'm not sure I want to continue watching this and being awake. Um, and then I struggled between Hash Browns, which was couldn't finish it. I I took a couple breaks. And then, obviously, um, Potato Salad. It's just, it's not even a good bad movie. It's not like The Room or Birdemic or something like that where you can go into it. Um, or my new favorites, which are Neil Breen movies, where you can go into it and it's so bad you can sit with friends and watch it and make fun of it. You're not going to be able to have a watching party and make fun of it with friends. You're going to sit there and take a nap with friends. Um, so, like, maybe you could if go back if you've watched it and have a little nostalgia. But as someone who never saw it, I was just miserable 99% of the time.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, so let's go on to our other review scale which is a rewatchability scale a scale from 0 to 10 to tell our viewers should they go back and watch this film so I'm looking at our previous reviews which I may have to change some because out of our bad movies uh, I looked at Ants and I looked at Warriors of Virtue hey, I did
2: the same I thing gave,
0: I gave Ants a 4 which I'm going to change. And I gave Warriors of Virtue a three. I think this film is better than Ants, which is why Ants is going to go down. (laughs) Um, and I think it's better than Warriors of Virtue. So I am at a 3.5. I'm going to move Ants down to a three and give this film just a solid 3.5. Do not go see it.
1: See, I disagree on that. Um, I, I would say, yes, it's probably better than Warriors of Virtue by the sheer fact that it had no plot, but at least the plot I could mostly understand, as opposed to Warriors of Virtue, which I still don't rem- it, know it's how it's
0: incomprehensible. Happened. There was a
1: reason we gave that a rutabaga. Um <laughs>
0: Which is just not a potato. It's
1: just not a potato.
0: I think that was That is was not the point. a movie. I know.
1: Words of Virtue is not a movie. It's <laughs> a social experiment. Um, uh. But I don't think it's better than Ants. Ants said, I hate Ants. I hate it, but I still think it's a movie. I just hate it. I hate it because I hate Woody Allen. I hate everything he stands for. But, I mean, it's a movie.
0: Technically, I'm not sure I'd
1: call this a movie.
0: (laughs) This is just a vehicle for Rob Schneider. This is like
1: a very long public television (laughs) special. I gave it a two, which is the same as I gave Warriors of Virtue. I gave Ants a three. So they're all bottom of my barrel
2: so i hate them all (laughs) i was not on the ants episode Um, and unlike the matilda one i didn't actually put together any games for you guys um to broad to broadcast them for me so i have no idea what i would have rated that one um i saw i looked up my scores specifically because i thought this one was actually slightly better than warriors of virtue But I didn't want to go a lot higher because I think I had some others on there. Warriors of Virtue, I had scored a three and a half. And I thought there was at least one or two on the list that I had scored a four. And I didn't want to go quite that high with this one. So I gave this a 3.75 because (laughs) it's kind of Ah! right in there where it's better than Warriors of Virtue but not as good as the ones that I gave a four. So...
1: Looking back, I'm surprised I gave Man of the House such a high score.
0: Uh, I was also very surprised. <laughs> I yeah. did not like Man of the House. I
1: think I gave it a five because I was so ambivalent about it. I literally felt nothing about that movie. Oh
0: hey, guess what? Yeah, I gave Labyrinth a four. Be like, <laughs> you your fives used to be like your baseline. Does this qualify as a movie? Uh... I, I seriously think we have to go back and review. How
1: naive I was then. We hadn't yeah. had ninja kangaroos yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so is it just the only? Is it one... just ninja films? Oh wait, or it no. just nineties ninja films. Okay, so so
2: the ones that I have done before was Man of the House and I think Labyrinth. Think it's just ninja
1: films for children.
0: Uh, unacceptable for Labyrinth, Man of the House. <laughs> <and>
1: unacceptable. <laughs> I bought a dress with a Labyrinth character on it. I wore it to Christmas hey, Eve dinner. I'm saying that
2: Labyrinth was better than this movie, so.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> I'll grant you that. It's not so good. Uh... Anyway. Uh, so, Sarah, we've reached the point where you tell people where to find us on online if they choose to do so oh that is a thing that we do isn't it (laughs) we don't really update where we send people but we still send people there
1: at some point i will remember to do that again probably it won't be for this episode because i hate it and i don't want people to know that we've (laughs) ever watched this movie um you can find us at facebook at retrograding podcast you can find each other at retrograding party line Mostly that's just my sister.
0: (laughs) You can find Sarah's sister (laughs) on Retrograding Party Live.
1: We're at retrograding.fireside.fm. You probably... That's why you're listening to us. We're also on iTunes.
0: Uh, So, I recently talked...
1: No, no. Oh, never mind. No, I'm
0: getting to the music. This is about the music. Oh, good. I recently talked to Dominique Barnes, who created our music for this podcast because she is a, uh, well, she's the sister of a good friend in Chicago and she was visiting for the holiday. I come to find out she's not compo- composing music anymore. There is no. nothing on her SoundCloud. So you are welcome to go to Dominique uh, A. Bard's on SoundCloud. If you'd like to contact her or no more, but she's not there anymore. So Uh, yeah, just, I'll just say from now on, our music is done by Dominique Barnes, and that'll be it. So I might pass that off to Sarah. Oh. So that she can do the credits.
1: We're so thankful to her.
0: Oh yeah, it's great music, we still use it, because it's very good. Well,
2: that just means we have very unique music, because she's not making it
0: anymore. Uh, so, that brings us to our final segment, which is, guys, I learned something today.
1: Don't let Carl pick the movie.
0: Uh, yeah Uh, well there's a lot of lessons we can take from this Uh, ninja movies from the 90s are not particularly good Mm -hmm. Uh, but the main lesson I took away is that money can't buy knives so if you find a knife keep it because it's invaluable alright that is going to close this episode of retrograding we will catch you guys next time It close. just kind of gives us a, a baseline. Anyway, I'ma bring boat, boat, us in.
1: <laughs> I was giving you a baseline.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: Okay, my mom found my gloves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, this is retrograding. The thro- little Nope. Let's try <laughs> that again. It's been a while since I've done this. Um I can't not do less than three three two. That seems to be my bare minimum. Can't not. Yeah. I am incapable of not doing it.
1: <laughs> I haven't been feeling well, and this made it worse, so thanks for that.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I did want us to do a garbage film, uh, particularly because we could make fun of it. Uh, but, God, I didn't realize how garbage this garbage film this was. was yeah.
1: This was not good, bad.
2: I'm still trying to figure out what can't not do less than meant, because if you cannot can't not do less... It means that that I have to do do less.
0: Can't not doesn't (laughs) matter. Oh, it's over. Oh, Sarah just disappeared.